Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Angie Austin here. Well, Jim Stovall is a name many people know. He's written over 50 books. He is an author, speaker, movie maker, and he also writes a column every week called Winner's Wisdom. Welcome, Jim Stovall. Well, it is always good to talk with my friend Angie. Well, this article is called Two Out of Three, okay? And it's a crack up because my son plays baseball and that's where you start. So what are you teaching us today? Well, you know, there are a lot of ratios we live by in our world. Most of us have heard of the 80-20 rule and things like that. But in this case, I was looking at, you know, the, the two out of three. And if you're a baseball player, uh, you can strike out two out of three times and you'll make the all-star game and probably be in the Hall of Fame at the end of your amazing career because you'll have batted 333. And you can still do that while striking out two out of three times. On the other hand, if you want to be an airline pilot and you're working on the simulator, if you land safely two out of three times and crash only one out of three times on the simulator, you'll probably never get in the cockpit of an airplane, certainly not one I'm flying on. And so, you know, we have to look at these ratios as what they mean to us and where they apply. And in this particular column, I applied two out of three to when we spend our money or when we invest our money. Because you can't have everything. You know, advertisers and salespeople will tell you, oh, you can have everything. When you buy something, you can either have high quality, you can have something very convenient, immediate, or you can have a cheap price. But if somebody tells you something's cheap, it's easy, and it's high quality, they are probably lying to you, or it's one of those one in a million things. But on average... You know, you, you, you know, you can have it high quality, you can have it convenient, or you can have it cheap. And you get to pick two out of three, but you can't get all three out of three. Right. I know that's a, that's a tough one. I'm always trying to, I'm on the teeter-totter of this subject oftentimes, you know, with a family of six, I'm teeter-tottering with like, well, you know, with, with the kids, I kind of go towards highest quality. Not as much with myself, but in general. And you want to get things that look good, but you'd like to find like, there was this something I wanted, it was furniture, and I kind of got a knockoff. But I don't really use it. It's decorative. It's like one of those console tables you put behind the uh, couch and you put like some knickknacks on it and some flowers, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And you can find things like that. My bride went out and uh, she was buying a new washer and dryer for the uh, utility room. And they gave a significant amount off because there was a scratch on one side of it. And she said, that will be up against the wall anyway. No one will ever even see it. And uh, so I thought, okay, that's a good thing. And uh, But generally speaking, you, you have to sacrifice something. If you want it cheap, you're not going to get high quality or you're not going to get it conveniently. Now, you can get high quality if you'll give up convenience. You may have to look for a year to find it, but you can eventually get it in some way. But you just cannot have all three. And then, Angie, when we invest our money, this is very important. You can have something that is safe. 
You can have something that's liquid. It means you can get your money any day you want. Or you can have something that has a high return. It makes you a lot of money. But you can't get all three. If it makes mm-hmm. you a lot of money, it's either not safe or you can't get your money out of it when you want it. If you want something that's totally safe and liquid, you're going to be in the bank in a, in a savings account, and you're going to get virtually no interest or no return on your money. But you cannot get all three. And if somebody tells you you're getting all three, as my grandfather always told me, anything that bright and shiny always has a hook in it, and you got to be careful. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, and I think um, we want all three, so maybe that's why we're so willing to believe the ads and the promises of people that we can get all three. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think, um, you know, I think this is not bad news. It's not a negative thing. We just need to realize that uh, we're probably going to have to sacrifice one of the three, and. If it's not readily apparent, you need to figure out where it is. What is going to happen here? And uh, uh, the producers I'm working with on my latest film, they're putting together a movie right now with investors. And, uh, you know, it's fairly safe and secure. Our movies have always done well. And they fairly high return. But we always have to tell people there are no guarantees. And the minute you put your money in, you're not going to get your money out until we've made a movie and something happens or it doesn't. And so we only deal with you know what's called accredited investors. You have to have a certain net worth, and you can afford to do this. And uh, you know there's nothing wrong with that. And, and when you go into a bank and they tell you you know we'll pay you point something percent to less than one percent interest, well that's not a bad thing. You just realize I'm getting safety and I'm getting liquidity. I'm not give, I'm giving up the return. Mm-hmm. You know it's not a bad thing to give up something. It's bad when you think you're getting all three and you're not. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You know, um, I was thinking back um, as you were uh, talking to me about the baseball at the beginning. And, you know, because my son plays baseball right now and the averages, it's, you know, if you hit one out of two times and, hey, you're great, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, You actually, as a blind man, didn't you within the last couple of years throw out the first pitch for a game? Yes, I went to a college game and they brought me in and... uh, uh, I'm a benefactor of that university, so they said, would you come and throw out the first pitch? And, <laughs> and uh, I said, sure, I would. But, uh, I, you know, they said, uh, well, Jim, we know you're blind. You won't. You'll just, they'll walk you out to the mound, and you'll just hand it to the catcher. And I said, no, if I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had about two months before the game, and within a, a couple of miles of my office and studios here, there's a indoor training center George Frazier runs. He he was a pitcher in two World Series, an amazing guy, and, and he trains minor league pitchers there. So I called George, and I said, George, I need a favor. i got to get one ball over the plate one time. That's it, man, one time. And so we went out, and we started practicing day after day after day. And, and i got to tell you, the first day I went out, I threw maybe 15, 20 pitches. He said, Jim, you're done for today. And I said, no, no, I'm just getting warmed up, George. I'm good to go. He said, no, no, you're done for today. And remember that when I told you that in the morning. Boy, I had to eat my oatmeal the next day left-handed, Angie. It was uh, You were I, that sore? Yes, it really was. And uh, now I understand why they take these pitchers out of the game at a certain pitch camp. But anyway, but, uh, you know, on the, at the appointed day, I went out there. Crystal and I walked out to the mound. And the one thing I had not anticipated was how loud the crowd would be when we walked out there, and I couldn't hear my catcher. But I finally got him located, and I am pleased to report one time on one day I got it over the plate. So um, 
That, and that was the end of my career right there. That's so cool, though. You know, you were an Olympic athlete, you were a weightlifter, and you wanted to play pro football until you were told you're going to lose your vision. And then you take this so seriously that as a blind man, you actually got it over the plate in a crowded, loud stadium where you had to, like, figure out where the pitcher was by sound. Yeah, I mean, sorry, that the was the hard part. Yeah. I, 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 I told Crystal, I can I can hit the guy if I can find him. But uh, we got it there, and... Um, and what was interesting, the, 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 the coach from the other team uh, came over to me and he said, wow, would you come and speak at our university and then uh, you could throw out a pitch? And I said, no, no, you just were here for my official retirement. I'm not throwing any more baseballs. <laughs> and, unless the beloved St. Louis Cardinals call me and want me for one of their games, and I might, I might think about it. But otherwise, no, there's a time to... Uh, a time to, uh, you know, you got to be realistic, or as Clint Eastwood said, a man has got to know his limitations. Well, and having been, you know, an athlete, uh, such a good athlete, I'm sure that you had a better chance of getting it over than the average bear, which speaking of which, you, um, I was just talking with my friend about that grass is greener syndrome, and you and I talked about one of your columns that came out recently called the Golden Age, and it yeah. was that gr- greener grass syndrome. I'm curious yeah. about that for you, for you too. Like I, for me, well, I'll tell you what it is for me, but for you because you, you got over the fact that depression that you had when you realized you were going blind and you couldn't play professional football, and so. M- you would think that you would look back, you know, at your younger life and it would be the grass was greener when you were younger or like, oh, back when or the gold. But I've never heard you talk like that. No, you've got to, you, you know, you've got to change as time goes by. Uh, being in the television, the movie industry, early in my career, I got to interview a lot of amazing, amazing people. Yeah, when my very first interview was with Katherine Hepburn. And, uh, you know, I, I said, do you regret, and now that you're in your 80s, there, there's parts you can't play. She said, no, I am having a great time being an 80-year-old woman, and this is what I do. And then in one of my, the, the third film in my Ultimate Gift trilogy, we, we had Raquel Welch in it. And I, she and I were talking one day, and I I said, do you ever miss the old days when you were like this worldwide thing? And she said, you know, Jim, I like being 75 and being a grandma and doing what I do. I love and, that. You know, you, you, you gotta, you, you know, you, you've got to change uh, your expectations. And if you're talking to your kids, it's particularly important for young ladies. Um, you know, young men, men are generally judged in our society by money and power. Women, based on how they look and kind of what they do, and uh, you know we're not we're not all twenty five anymore, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You've just got to grow up and change your expectations. You know, it's uh, the thing that I notice that's different. You know, from my twenties to now being a mom, um, and I remember in my twenties, my girlfriend and I were going someplace. I was dressed up for the news, and then like the short skirts were in, and I wore mm-hmm. really high heels, and I was walking with her. And uh, she's a little bit older than I am, and she'd been overweight for most of her life, but she had just recently lost weight. And so she's walking by me, and she said, every guy you walk past stares at you. Does that, um, do you do you like that, or isn't that great, or does that ever get old? And I'm like, to be honest with you, I don't even notice it. I don't really focus, you know, on my looks. Mm-hmm. That's not really where, like, I, I was really taught about education. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, yes, if uh, I wanted to get a date with someone and they thought I was attractive, or you're out with a big group of girls and they say, oh, you know, I'd really like to go out with you. Of course, I was flattered by something like that, right? But I didn't really have an understanding of what it would be like to be on the other side. I was at a party once and I was with um, uh, 
uh, a jockey, this tiny little guy. We were just friends, but we came together and they didn't know that um, we weren't a couple, which we weren't. Um, but this girl started really coming on to him that was in my friend circle. And I was like, gosh, that's kind of forward. And then my other, the, the host of the party said, Angie, everywhere you go, people ask you out or look at you or admire your beauty. Think about her life. She doesn't have that. She doesn't, you know, she Mm -hmm. has to go. She has to actually be the first to approach somebody to try to get a date because she's not naturally, you know, like a beauty. And it kind of, I was like, then I had empathy for this, you know, um, friend, you know, the girl who was coming on to the guy that I came with. So, okay, here's what's different for me now. Um, uh, let's be honest, Jim, and you're going to say I'm beautiful, this, that, and the other. No, I don't get stares at all like I did in my 20s. So I do notice that. Like, you to- that totally changed your life. So imagine the Raquel Welches and the women that that was their complete identity. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful it wasn't mine because it is an abrupt change from everyone staring at you to to no one. Well, and you, you saw it. You came through the news uh, cycle and the whole business thing in the news. And how often do you see this 60-year-old guy sitting next to a 28-year-old girl, and they're doing the news together? And after a few years, they say, oh, we need to, we need to refresh a little, and they, they replace her. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh, it's so funny. It used to be like an L.A. like grandpa with his granddaughter doing yeah. the news. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Jim. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, what is it? Take your granddaughter to work day here or what are we doing? And <laughs> But that's just the normal thing. Oh, my goodness. You you cracked me up. OK, so let's talk about what you want us to walk away with today. The lessons we've learned. <laughs> Well, the important thing to realize is, uh, you know, whether you're buying something or investing your money or whatever, you can't have everything. And you got to decide, what am I willing to sacrifice? And it kind of comes down to that two out of three. And, uh, you know, you can have what you want. And, uh, you know, I always believe in life we can have anything, but we can't have everything. Well, I kind of combined a few columns today, but two out of the three is the main one we're talking about. If you want to find the golden age, you can search that up. Uh, The Golden Age by Jim Stovall. Oh, friend, you're the best. I had fun with you today. Thank you. Be well. Edgewater is tuned to the mighty 670 KLT. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports individuals with disabilities. 80% of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are unemployed. At ARC thrift stores, approximately 20% of their employees are individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities. ARC Thrift is one of Colorado's most prominent employers for people with disabilities. They provide extra support for their employees, allowing them to decide how they live, learn, and work through the ARC Ambassadors program. The program provides a community for employees with disabilities where they create lasting friendships. ARC Thrift Ambassadors attend social events throughout the year. ARC is a company that lives and breathes its mission of going above and beyond to create a space of inclusivity, morale, and culture. Shop at an ARC Thrift store near you. Find your nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Angie Austin here with radio host Rachel Maines, a businesswoman and also spokesperson. She works for Big Fish as well. She kind of has, you have three irons in the fire, Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I just have one of those personalities. I like to be really busy. You (laughs) are really busy. I wanted to talk about, I just love this, um, the idea of letting go and we talked last time about letting go and letting god 
And this is Mm -hmm. uh, things you gain when you let go of control. And I thought back to when I came back to the church in my 20s, like I was saved when I was 13. Then I was in L.A. I was working really hard and I got invited to church and I just fell in love with uh, Bel Air Presbyterian on my way home from the station. I could stop there. And um, I I used to read this poem a lot about letting go. And I'm going to read it to you because we're supposed to let go and let God. But it's easier said than done. So here it is. As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last, I snatched them back and cried, how could you be so slow? My child he said what could I do you never did let go Mm. yeah I think this is huge Um, and one of the things too even when we were we've been talking about singleness and I think um, whether you know the topic of singleness or something else you know who's married maybe um, people who can't have kids or whatever it may be maybe someone's dealing with an illness and if you prayed and you're you know diligent diligently seeking the Lord, there does come a point where it's like, okay, you just have to give this to God and just trust his will and just resting because you can't rest until you finally let go. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. <clears throat> I love that. Yeah, I don't think you ever feel true peace until you can let go of some of those right. things as well. I think I've gotten right. a bit better about that. I'm, I'm a little... I think I am less controlling. I think because um, my mom and my husband, I, I do feel they're a little controlling. So I've kind of let go of control because that's that's not a good recipe to have three controlling people in the same house. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, I think you're pretty laid back, Angie, um, just knowing you and your personality. But um, it's so healthy to realize that we really don't have control. I mean, we have decisions. I think the Lord can test us. And, um, you know, we, we, he said we will go through trials and tribulations. And I, I really believe in God's sovereignty in the sense that he um, is in control. He only allows things to happen if he allows it. Um, there are some perspectives of Christianity where, and I went through this, where, you know, the devil is out to get you. And yeah, I do believe, you know, that the devil can bring temptations, but only in so much so as the Lord allows for a purpose when we're his kiddos. So with that, knowing that he has sovereignty and that we can also make good decisions because he says, you know, choose life within that recipe, we can learn to let go and just uh, trust his will and rest because rest is huge. And I think a lot of us, you know, the grass is greener on the other side type scenario. I think if we really dug deep down to ask, why am I wanting the grass is greener? Really, all of us just, I think, want peace and rest, honestly. Like if people are searching for money or a relationship or whatever, anything people think will help solve that problem. But really, I think deep down, we all just want peace and rest. I would say um, peace really stands out to me uh, because... That feeling, that that uneasiness, that unsettled feeling, that anxiety feeling when you want to be in constant control. Uh, and I, I know I've right. mellowed over the years from the way I was uh, when I was younger because um, 
<laughs> one of my former interns uh, said, you know, I guess he thought I was good looking when I um, was, you know, on the assignment desk and he was an intern. And he said, and there you were, I introduced myself and you were cold as ice and hot as yeah uh-huh so yeah, he said <laughs> and so i was like cold as ice he goes oh my gosh you ran that assignment desk with an iron fist but you know i had so many people that i had to move around and i was young you know i was like 22 years old and right. i'm moving around reporters and cameramen who are gonna like doubt me and question me and it's like no you have to go to that fire i know you don't want to work with that reporter i know you don't want to go all the way down to orange county or drive up to santa barbara but that's your assignment and then you have to call them right. 10 minutes later and say oh there's a big fire so turn around you know so you kind of right. have to be decisive and uh but i know i've mellowed as i've gotten older and uh that i the idea of running i would run the assignment desk very differently now i think than i did when i was 22 but i think you have so many expectations when you're young and you feel you really have to perform to not let people down and there's also a lot of pressure on you but I, that was the time when that whole let go and let god and that poem really stood out to me because to free your mind of needless wor worries, as the Bible tells us to, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, I want to make sure, right. Rachel, I've got another interview that people know how to find you. Yeah, just go to um, rachelmains.com or cornercaferadio.com and cool. check out all that we're doing. Well, I just think you're the best, so stick around. I think you, uh, this, this is fascinating what they're doing now with uh, treatments, et cetera. Oh, they're here? Okay, excellent. Thank you, Rachel. Changing gears, a serious topic today, cancer, but there is hope. The Lung Cancer Foundation of America is sharing that hope in the form of new treatments. They're amazing. Joining us in this sponsored interview, two lung cancer survivors, Dr. Sydney Barnett and Brandy Bryant. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, doctor, let's start with you. You are a lung cancer patient and a doctor. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your story? Well, when I started my residency program, I realized that my exercise tolerance was decreasing. I am normally very active. I run, swim, you know, dance. And I realized that when I was going for my jogs, I was becoming more short of breath. And then I started wheezing. Now, I have a strong family history of asthma, so I thought that was what was going on. Um, I went to my pulmonologist, and after a whirlwind of tests, was actually diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, which literally knocked the wind out of me. Um, thankfully, I was sent for biomarker testing, and they found that I did have a mutation, and I was started on targeted therapies, uh, which have made me no evidence of disease five years after the fact, which is okay. great. Okay, that, first of all, that's amazing because when we hear stage four, that's like yeah. uh, a super fearful combination of words. Uh, you have stage four. So um, to be cancer, well, to have no evidence of the disease five years later, first, congratulations. And Thank you. I understand that um, there, there's been lung cancer research done and that it's, it's more prevalent in African-Americans. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I think what really is uh, the problem is the fact that a lot of African Americans are just not getting um, screens, they're not getting um, the care that is needed, they're not asking for biomarkers, and because of that, there is a discrepancy in the care that they're getting, uh. you know, versus their, their white counterparts. So that's really what we want pe um, people to know, is that 
if you um, meet the criteria for screening, definitely go and get screened. If you realize that you're having symptoms that, you know, cough, wheezing, uh, pneumonia over and over again, the symptoms that are not going away, asking your doctor about getting screened for uh, lung cancer is life-altering. Getting diagnosed at stage one is curable. Getting diagnosed at stage four is treatable, um, but the fact is, is that we need to know earlier in order for us to cure it. So that's one of the things that I try to tell people all the time. You know, get screened if you meet the criteria. If you don't meet criteria and you feel that you're at risk, ask your doctor about getting screened anyway, because anyone with lungs can get lung cancer. Yeah, and I think that's what people don't understand, that even if you're not a smoker, you can get lung cancer. And Brandy, you are a lung cancer patient who is also doing very well on these this new targeted therapy uh, because you found out about your biomarker. So explain your story. So I was, my story is very similar to Dr. Barnett's. I was um, 39. I am a mom of four, so very busy. And I had a small cough that I didn't think anything of. It was just, it was, it was really quite tiny. It was, and it only happened at night now that I think about it. Um, but I worked out uh, not as much as Dr. Barnett, but I did like to take long walks. So I'd walk for like 25 miles and I'd be fine during those workouts. But when I come home uh, and talk on the phone or have conversations, I was getting shortness of breath. Like I would have to catch my breath just having a conversation. So that did prompt me to go to my uh, doctor. And after a series of tests, I was initially diagnosed with stage 3B. And at that time, I was fortunate enough that my local community hospital did send my tumor off for biomarker testing. I had no idea what that meant. But when I did progress to stage four, I was able to choose uh, a targeted therapy that worked with my ALK positive mutation, which both Dr. Barnett and I have. Well, I've got a family of six, so I can't even imagine how concerned you were. So what a blessing you found your biomarker. All right. So. Three. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it just sends a chill down my spine. But how fascinating these targeted markers are, are, are helping people even, you know, as far along as stage four. So, mm-hmm. doctor, what do you, um, I, obviously, you want us to get screened and uh, whether or not we have a cough or not? Yeah. So, the screening criteria right now is geared towards smokers. Uh, so if you have, if you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day for 20 years or more, if you're between the ages of 50 and 80, stop smoking less than 15 years ago, then you meet the criteria to get a low-dose CT scan for screening. Um, of course, you know, not everyone is going to meet that criteria. Uh, Brandy and I definitely do not, uh, which is the reason why just knowing what symptoms there are to, you know, that could potentially be a lung cancer, uh, if you're having shortness of breath, that is just not going away. If you're wheezing and you have no history of asthma, if you um, have a pneumonia and you're getting treatment for the pneumonia and the pneumonia is not going away, speak to your doctor about getting a CT scan because that could be um, potentially um, lung cancer that's just not presenting with a smoking history. Now, I understand that not as much federal funding is earmarked for lung cancer, especially in relation to other major cancers. And I know that there are trials and uh, we need to kick up the cancer research. So, uh, Brandy or uh, doctor, um, where do we go for more information? 
So you can go to lcfamerica.org for more information about the different treatments, the different biomarkers like KRAS, EGFR, ALK, um, and also for more information on research and um, funding and even clinical trials. Um, you can get more information all at lcfamerica.org. Well, thank you both very much. I'm glad you're doing well. And thank you, a doctor, for all you're doing for others. And also, Brandy, for sharing your story. Take care of those kids. Thank you both so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.